Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, everyone. This is a podcast you don't want to miss with the incredible founder of Bumble and Bumble, Michael Gordon. So let's take it away. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Founded Beauty, a podcast that's dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we can learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. So I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. In building Fable and Main, which has been an incredible journey so far, I decided to launch this podcast as a way to learn and connect with fellow founders across the world and hopefully inspire and help each other in what can be quite a lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. But without further ado, I'm delighted to introduce you to our guest speaker, Michael Gordon. He is a rebel in the world of hair, an entrepreneur and the founder of the incredible Bumble and Bumble. He reimagined the traditional hair salon in 1977 with his first New York establishment on 57th Street, where he fostered a culture by bringing his downtown crowd uptown, mixing artists and aristocrats, mothers and students. Under Michael's direction, Bumble and Bumble became an incubator for talent and a blueprint for the modern hair salon. After selling Bumble and Bumble to Estee Lauder in 2006, Michael went to pursue his passion for producing movies, as well as new ventures in both brand building and consulting. So without further ado, please welcome the most incredible Michael Gordon. Hi, Michael. Hi, Akash. Thank you for those very kind words. No, thank you for having such an inspirational story. Uh, I mean, it's all thanks to you. So, I mean, I think the first thing I want to ask, if, if you don't I mind, is... I wanted to be a race car driver, actually. <laughs> That was the truth. That was my yes. goal, but didn't work out. Thing you don't we all? But you know, it's never too late, right? I think it's too late. I'm a hazard. <laughs> um, no, but I would love to um, first just start off with the most obvious question. But just who is Michael, and you know, go a bit more into detail about your story. Oh, you, you want me just to talk about myself? Hate that. Okay. Um, well, uh, when I was seven, my mother bought a hairdressing salon in London in Maida Vale. I used to stop off there. But, after the school bus would drop me off, I'd go across the road and go and have a look at the salon. And then by the age of 10, I was working there on weekends, which was Saturday morning. And um, I put two and two together, which was, for me, an extremely difficult math equation, and saw that my sta- our standard of living went up because of my mother's working. And uh, 
you know, we had much better vacations in places like Italy than some terribly cold beach in, in England. Um, so I sort of fell into becoming a hairdresser because I wasn't going to school. I sort of joined sort of a sinking ship, which was with the traditional posh salons of London, the grand ones, and, and, and went to René of Mayfair instead of Adele Sassoon, where most people would go if they had half a brain at that point in time. That was the 60s. Was it always something that this was your path or did you like even creating a brand, right? It's not easy. I, I, I didn't particularly like doing hair. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't one of those. It was like I could do it. I developed an eye, but I didn't actually really want to do it. it I, not that I found it boring. I didn't think actually I was that good at it. Yeah. I was good at seeing things and what they could be. I, I was fascinated by the editorial world. It really had nothing to do with an ordinary salon, you know, ordinary yeah. hairdressers. And um, I wanted to try and bring the two together some, some, in some way, shape, or form. When I came to New York, I didn't know anybody. I mean, literally didn't know a soul. And I uh, had the salon that I bought on 57th Street. Um, it was a dump. I mean, it was such a dump. And um, people used to laugh at it, especially with the name Bumble and Bumble. But I utilized PR unpaid PR, PR that I was actually going door to door, uh, you know, Condé Nast, um, selling myself and selling this this concept of of, haircutting, but styling uh, and um, an ability to be affordable to everybody and not have an elitist salon that uh, didn't interest me at that point. Yeah. No, but going to that, like, uh, as you said, Bumble and Bumble was the name of the salon. Um, what, what was the inspiration behind that name? Because today it's just so iconic. I hear it and we know exactly what it is, but it is a very unusual name. I, I love it. But how did you get around creating it? Well, I trained at the House of René and then I worked at a place called the House of Leonard. So you get the idea, right? These are like yeah. serious houses. Um, yeah. uh, they're they're the, the beauty equivalent of, of a Dior house. You exactly. know? Um, yeah. and, um, and I apprenticed in a very old-fashioned way for three years. And I looked and I studied magazines and um, I knew that if I ever had a salon, obviously I wasn't thinking about that at 18 years old, um, I didn't want it to be called House of Michael because first of all, I was shy. And second of all, I thought that that would date. You know, I had, a, had an instinct that before I knew what brands were, I was starting to do things to create a brand. And um, I thought the name worked really well because it was disarming. It was, you know, English love, that kind of humor. Um, and um, so did I. I, did, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to have life and legs. And uh, I thought a name like that was funny, amusing, and um, inclusive, inclusive of, of, of all, all people. No, I think the name is very catchy and especially today you look at it it still stands out it's quite timeless and i think that's very hard in brand building and creating something that stands throughout the years so i think that's a really good job you've done there in terms of um from a salon with an with a really powerful name of bumble and bumble how did the first product come around and well um let's see if i can stay on track here um i became a consultant for weller l'oreal uh Someone else, Zotos, they made perms. Um, not all at the same time. Um, and I realized, sort of woke up and went, oh, this is really interesting. 
I'm doing creative work for these companies and they give me a budget and I create a photo shoot and create content even in those days it was, we understood it was creating content we didn't use the product so I'd hire a hairdresser or a bumble editorial hairdresser and we'd do the shoot and uh, never used the product and I thought this is really interesting I did love one product in, in, in France uh, Fito Fito um, didn't like the product I just liked everything but the product um, and what I, what I, going back to the point, I was noticing that editorial hairdressers were not using Weller, L'Oreal, etc., etc. They were using gunk and mm-hmm. grease and God knows what from Kiehl's. Um, and I wanted to make product that the editorial hairdressers would use and say, this is the best. You know, I use this. I got five. I only need five products. And these are the five products I, I need. Um, it's a far cry from today when there's you know, five of everything, you know, yeah. 20 shampoos and 20 conditioners. Yes. Um, so I thought I'm trying to ideally create this fantastic line that, hairdre- that editorial hairdressers will endorse. They weren't paid to endorse it. They just endorsed it because it was cool. Good. And yeah. the editors would see our product behind, in those days behind the scenes at shows, um, and because we were doing shows before anyone else was. And um, it had a, an authenticity that you can't buy. That's, mm. that's how that began. No, it's, and also authenticity and efficacy, because, I mean, I use yeah. Bumble and Bumble all the time, and you can tell it's not only created by an expert, but the products really work, and I think that's what separates it to everything today is because you also have quite a lot of icons in the range, from different types like usually you go to hair care brands and there's one product that they're known for but bumble and bumble there is a lot of you know the texture spray the invisible oil like i i i use it all and i feel like that's something that is very hard to do in hair today really hard um but do you do you personally feel like um at the beginning you wanted to start with a niche or did you have a vision of we want to create a lot of different types of hair products no i wanted to create the minimal minimal amount I could that yeah. would do the job and um, would be the best in class, the best in show, so to speak. So had to be the best of this yeah. thing and the best of that thing. I was very clear on that. And I didn't want to keep pushing out new product just to try to grow sales because I thought that's not going to work forever. No, I think it's the right way. And so then obviously Bumble and Bumble started getting bigger and the demand started increasing and, what was then the, the following years like? And then how did that potential Estee Lauder, um, you know, how did that come around? Well, the Estee Lauder thing, too, too, too long to talk about. It would take up forever. Um, I, had, I, I, I had a difficult relationship with a friend um, when we, we'd, we'd suffered a fire at uh, 56th Street, Bumble. Mm-hmm. So um, we needed money and mm-hmm. he wanted to be wanted to partner with me, so he did. And um, the, the building was rebuilt, and it was a certain... It, it was like it went up a notch. It, mm. it, it just transformed. We had a great architect. It was a beautiful, amazing place. It was inspiring. And um, I realized that other hairdressers wanted to be part of it. So yeah. I came up with this idea of marketing to them. In those days, you, 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 business was all about distributors and I didn't want to sell to, to, to distributors. 
and we can sell straight to the salon owner, the stylist, and their clients. And that was the business plan. So it, it grew by leaps and bounds. And then when I had to find a partner, I chose Lauder because um, I respected them. And also Mr. Mr. Lauder, Leonard Lauder, is very, very charming. <laughs> you know, he could rob you and, and, and have a smile on his face and be like, oh, that's so great. Look, you just underpaid take me. Take more. Yeah, take more. Take my children. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't, I did, like I never thought, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm competing with Weller or L'Oreal or this one or that one. I, I actually didn't give it, honestly, I didn't give it a issue about the, um, oops, not that to say that, uh, yeah. about the hairdressing industry. I, I was you know, very inspired by a place like Lorda, which seemed to be really, on top of the game in terms of uh, products, yeah. Oh, yeah, as I said before, I, I, I worked at Estee Lauder Company, so I know the, the ethos there, and I think it's uh, definitely has that kind of family mindset of very incubating brands, but at the same time, the demand, the ability to scale globally as well, which is great, and get the mission across. Now, I was so fascinated by learning more and more about your journey is, so, you know, Bumble and Bumble, okay, it's an amazing thing you've done, but you didn't stop there, and then hair story came around and that when I when I look at the website you know like a I have my own hair care brand today and I look at that and I saw so many things that I aspire for my hair care brand to start achieving like sustainability you know subscription refillables all this stuff and so what what is hair story for everyone and how did it come around well um I did create hair story I'm no longer connected to the company except as an investor. Um, they, they are doing a very good job. They're doing really well. Um, I'm proud of the, the fact that I started that. I was yeah. main, the main product or the, the, the what's, what do we call it, the king? The hero product. Or the hero, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, was this new wash. It was a new way to wash hair and um, you know, people thought, oh, that's so strange, but it worked incredibly well. It was built on the idea of let's not damage hair in the first place, and I feel like detergent damages hair. So it was a big departure, and um, at first it was a really tough sell, but once we could get the product on uh, editor's hair, they were like, oh, I didn't really think I'd like this, but this is great. Um, no, definitely. And then the, the, the other thing that happened was that the sales strategy, not mine, was direct to stylists, not to consumers. I, I wanted to stay focused on consumers, but my partners wanted to sell to, to stylists. And it, it actually turned out fortuitous because with the pandemic, um, stylists were suffering, and this was a way for them to actually you know, add up their, their earnings. You know, and I feel really bad about the fact that the hairdressing industry was somewhat victimized with this pandemic because uh, yeah. you know, it seemed unfair to me and I'm always trying to protect hairdressers. So this is another cause for me. No, I fully agree. And I think it's been sort of, yeah, uh, decisions have been made by governments all over different countries and it's sort of really impacted salons in a very, very significant way. Yeah, yeah, we're... we're they're all stuck there, and their, their income's gone, and their salons yeah. are closing, and it's, it's kind of a tragedy, yeah. Yeah, 
But I think now it's bouncing back and you're seeing salons really reopen. And well, in London, we finally have reopened everything. So that's a, a good thing. But um, is, it in, is it opening up in New York right now? Everything is back up and running. In, in terms of, you know, the right now, the pandemic has been very interesting for many people in terms of how they're navigating their, their own careers. And I've, re, I've researched, you know, you're doing a lot of consulting work and brand building work. How, is it, how has the last two, you know, pandemic been for you? Well, I've been working on something for, for a long time. Of, I wouldn't say how many years. A long time, um, which is you know, something I believe in strongly. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to launch it soon. So that's okay. all I can say about that. That's good. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> people have to follow you and see, uh, you know. They do. They do, well, yeah. well, What's to come? Because even I, I don't know, yeah. and I'm curious. So, yeah, yeah, like, no, it's exciting. It's always good to work on something, A, you know, uh, be consistent on it, and then hopefully, you know, when you see it come to life soon, it's just, it's like always that nice to have a new baby, a new business, and you keep on reinventing yourself as well because um, that's the beauty of life and adapting to the current situations too so absolutely yeah. Yeah. hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Going away from, you know, all the incredible work you've done in the business and, you know, Bumble and Bumble, hair story, a bit more about you personally um, as Michael Gordon. What would you say is, you know, a lot of people now are interested in motivation and, you know, listening to different entrepreneurs around the world. What's your motivational morning routine or things that you do in the day to keep you doing what you're doing and working so hard? I started doing yoga seriously when I was 20. Wow. So that's, you know, that's like kind of 50 years ago. Um, so it was a daily thing. Um, I studied it um, for quite a few years seriously and it became so daily routine was doing yoga and then, yeah. and then following that with meditation. So it made me a very sober, very controlled, very disciplined person. Had I not have had these things to keep me going, I think uh, I might have not been successful. Because yeah. um, I saw lots of great salons and 
great hairdressers. So crash and burns, basically. Yes. Um, so I think that you 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 have to take this career, this thing, very seriously, and uh, put everything you can into it. Um, Definitely. It doesn't mean you have to be a workaholic. It means you have to be obsessed by what you're doing and try and be the very best you can. Um, it's a big job, you know. I mean, it's music to my ears. I'm someone who practices yoga daily and meditation. It sort of started for me as uh, when I was younger. I, I come from a very spiritual family, so Deepak Chopra is like my like my family friend. So we're, he's like my like a godfather to me. Mm-hmm. I, I've been trained by Eddie Stern in New York a lot with um, different types of yoga. So I've been grown up with it, and so you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean, and, <laughs> and you know, it's it's a daily thing that. It's just as, it's once you start, you can't imagine life without it, you know? It's really part of you and it, it does really ground you and keep you mindful, which is so important in business and everything you do in life. So I completely yeah. agree with you. I'm glad you said the two, yoga and meditation. Yeah, they go together like uh, beans and rice. Yeah. Exactly. It's that so, like bumble and bumble. It goes really yeah. together and that's mm. so, so important. Work is very important and, you know, being mindful, et cetera. But what sort of like your, what do you enjoy doing on the side? Like, do you love traveling? You know, what's your kind of hobbies? I actually used to collect vintage cars, I guess. So that was a hobby. Mm. Um, Very cool. uh, Well, I I collected them and then I had them, um, I changed them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, racing, racing brakes and independent suspension and oh, nice. uh, fuel injection and so to purists this was like you know her- heresy mm. um, but I, I I grew up when when Jaguar was like dream car you know I just mm. wanted a, you know, a Mark II Jaguar and I wanted an XK150 and then I wanted an E-Type and so so collecting cars became, became a hobby I would say um, um, and I built a house which was um ahead of its time in terms of um, sustainability, mm. all sorts of gizmos that um, I, I believed in. Yeah. Other than that, I like helping people if they come and ask for advice. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's about it, Akash. No, it's great. I think that's so... Sorry. Oh, I got to make a film on Fidel Sassoon. That was... Uh, I was literally <laughs> about to ask. So this is the thing, like, what's incredible is, I mean... People do a lot within their field, and that's great. But I actually saw your trailer, and you know, you've you've produced a film. Well, can you tell people about this? Is a documentary film? What, you know, yeah. What, what it's a documentary it? film. Um, it's about Fidel Sassoon. Um, it's surprisingly good. Um, we, we we got into the Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah. Lots and lots of film festivals, and uh, Fidel and I were close friends. And he said to me, you know, you you've given me five more years life because he actually did have leukemia and uh, mm. he refused to die while he had press to do and um, it was really sweet that I was able to do that um, and I couldn't understand why any of the big companies wouldn't help uh, sponsor it um, here's where I moan a bit you know um, yeah. because uh, he, he was a unique individual and he changed hairdressing and yeah. um, had incredible life I just thought it was important. I couldn't understand why someone else hadn't done it. Yeah. So I did try and shop it to L'Oreal, Weller, etc., etc., Redken, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they were politely not very helpful. Yeah. 
often so no surprise no surprise i'd say <laughs> yeah. um you know uh, often this is the, unfortunately the case but um yeah. but you know it's that's just you just proven to show that you don't actually need these big giants who sometimes no. don't even do much at the end of the day anyway and if you do get no. them on board no. you know but it's not was it like you know obviously you had the, the drive to do it but it's not easy it needs funding it needs you know the right team and stuff was it were you feeling like confident in the project or did you have to like really, you know, do a lot of homework and get to know the industry inside out? No, absolutely not. I, I have a wonderful kind of way of functioning where it's, a, it's, a, it's akin to that thing where you, you throw a kid in a pool and you want to learn how to swim. Yeah. So I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. I just didn't mm. understand that it should be a problem. So mm. I got, got into the film and after six months I had the realizations like this is this is a real film and this is a person's life and uh, yeah. we just looked at a trailer of it it wasn't nearly good enough um, but um, I would I, I like to think and I like to say that I'm extremely good at getting people to do things that they never dreamt they could do yeah. um, one of those was making films at Bumble and I thought well we can make films at Bumble so I'm sure we can just do a film at the Dow it won't be difficult that was a simplistic approach. Um, but it was a great experience and it was uh, wonderful spending time with him. It was wonderful extending his life, as he put it. And um, you know, we, we had a lot, a lot in common. Um, I've always kind of been a, if you call it a flag waver, or, or I've been concerned or I've tried to have the image of hairdressing change because I sort of think there's a stereotype. Mm. And, uh, that pissed me off. Um, yeah. So the film was was a wonderful experience. Yeah, it's got stellar with stellar reviews on the internet, mm. and um, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it, so I'm mm. going to watch it very soon because uh, I saw the trailer and I was like, I didn't well, want to stop watching it. It's very good. The trailer. Akash, you, you better watch it in two oh, by will. two days and tell me. I will. Watching. I'm going to message you and I'll tell you because um, no, honestly, uh, I, as you know, it's one of those things like I have my hair brand and I never in my entire life thought I would have been hair. I mean, I did engineering at university. I'm a physics math graduate. So now hair is my life. And watching that and seeing these stories, it's so inspiring. And it's just so, um, yeah, we have so much to learn. And I think having these documentaries are so important because they're like forever now. These stories can be told uh, for anyone, you know. You you watch and tell me what you think of it. I will. Uh, I'll I'll text you straight after. I'm, I'm really and they've got such beautiful thick hair. You know that's a big advantage in our business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I know. I sometimes I always say it's my product, but I also say it's my genetics too. I can't lie. It's a bit of both. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, so we're going to wrap up soon. But I, I do have one more question before we go into this fire round questions that we ask all mm. our guests. Um, my my main question for you would be. Sort of what advice would you give yourself retroactively, um, your younger self when you were starting on that journey that you wish you were, were told? Or it's hard to say because sometimes, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today if it wasn't for those mistakes and if it wasn't for those learnings. But what would you, you know, what advice would you give yourself before as a young entrepreneur? I, I would have loved to have had a, a, a camera. Uh, I've become a, you know, became an avid photographer, took all the pictures for Bumble for 25, 30 years. Um, so I would have loved to have captured it from my 15-year-old age person. Uh, yeah. What else? 
I would have, um, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes where I trusted the wrong people. Uh, yeah. And then ended up getting in a lot of trouble and uh, I wouldn't want to, I would like to redo that. Okay. But mainly no regrets. Yeah. No regrets, yeah. I, I failed a year of my university and at that time I was like, okay, this is it, game over for me. And, you know, now in hindsight, if I didn't fail, I wouldn't, I would have been in a boring finance job for me. And instead I reinvented myself and that mistake was the best blessing. So it's always about, yeah, learning from the mistakes and how you're empowering yourself. And I think one thing you said, which is unfortunately so easily done is mistrust and trust. And I think uh, one advice I would give everyone is just test people. One of my CEOs at Dior, you know, he said to me, like, just test people a few times because we give trust in people so easily. And unfortunately, people can really, you know, say one thing and deliver the other. So testing is important. It's kind of like being a bit smarter than yeah. just relying. I think that's a big, important thing. Definitely agree. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to end with some really quick five fire round questions. I want to just your first thing that comes in your head. First one is, what is another beauty brand except Bumble and Bumble and Hair Story that you love? Aesop. Love Aesop. A guilty pleasure of yours. I used to like American football and on a Sunday I would watch the San Francisco 49ers religiously and I had every kind of chachki that they made um, and then I realized I'm spending a whole day a week watching dumb people hit each other so <laughs> I stopped I, I, I can relate uh, with, with, for me it was cricket but I completely understand oh cricket oh. <laughs> now I'm watching I'm like it's quite boring I don't know why I spent hours watching it I know it's like, like fishing and you never catch anything <laughs> you never catch anything um, what are you currently watching or reading? I just watched um, a couple of times that the fish, what is it? Um, Seaspiracy. Seaspiracy. And first of all, the guy did a fantastic job. Yeah. I love the fact that more and more documentaries are coming out and, and um, People showing are... the real cost of how we live and, how yep. we, and, and we need to take things our own, in our own, under our own hands. Um, Definitely. With this, the, the globe is. Uh, not in good shape. So. And it's a big issue. Uh, my, my family, actually, we, we co-produced The Game Changers. So that's really? A, yeah. Terrific. So definitely, like, I just spoke to Ali, the, the, the director of Seaspiracy, and it's like, it's great to see these communities, even yourself, of filmmakers, directors of documentaries, mm. where you're just spreading awareness of, you know, important issues. So, yeah, I love that. Um, Favourite social media platform right now? Pretty much hate them all. Um I, I suppose Instagram, because I can actually make it work. Yeah. And we kind of but, have to be on it a little bit now, don't we, sometimes? but And I never never even tried to, to understand Facebook because it didn't yeah. seem logical. Um, so I guess put, put, put me Instagram. down Instagram, refugee. Yeah. And the last is, if you weren't, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, beauty entrepreneur, founder, what would you have been? Racing car driver. Racing car driver. Exactly. From the beginning to the end, racing car. So oh yeah! <laughs> now F1 is starting, so that's exciting. It's getting back that, to it. <laughs> like I, I drive like a granny now, but because um, <laughs> you know, the roads are terrible, and what's the point? And you can watch Lewis Hamilton. So, exactly um, right. Pleasure spending yeah. time with you, Akash. No, thank you so much, Michael. Uh, so inspiring. Okay. And where can everyone find you on the internet, uh, on social media? No, you know I wouldn't know, right? <laughs> let, me, let me quickly find for, out. Yes, get help, help, help. Quickly, quickly. Everyone, you can find Michael on Michael Gordon Hair on Instagram. 
at yeah. Michael Gordon Hair. And just type in Michael Gordon onto the, the yeah. Google and you'll find something will happen, everything. right? Yeah. But you'll find a lot of inspiring stories there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, thank you so much again. Really appreciate your, your time and uh, really great to be connected. And I will message you as soon as I watch your film documentary and let you know how, I, how it goes. Did you ever read um, Autobiography of a Yogi? I haven't. It's all, oh, it's my actually, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you're giving me some homework. You're giving me some <laughs> <laughs> This, but, you know, first I'm definitely going to um, watch uh, Vital Sassoon, your, your film, right. for me, and then I'm going to read that. And so, call me when you're finished. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely, for sure. All right. One, awesome. Wonderful meeting you all. Lovely meeting you all. Thanks, Thanks. for doing this. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network to be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founders Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.